talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Makes me wiser. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fight Club. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, morning, everybody, and welcome to Fight Club. We're so excited to have you back here this Tuesday. Uh, We are a team of industry experts who are helping you fight for your business. And this week, we have a wonderful guest with us, Logan Schinholzer, here to join us. Uh, And we are, we're going to have just a very casual conversation covering what we consider to be the four major areas of business where we have found that our clients are having pain points. And the interesting thing about us is not only do we have clients where we're helping serve them in these areas, but we also own home services businesses. So we're in the fight with you. We know that fight deep to its core. And um, so we're excited to have you here. We're here every Tuesday morning, 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. And usually this is Tay Maroney saying this. So uh, (laughs) I'm trying to fill in and I'm sorry if I jumbled my words there, if that wasn't quite right. But Tay will be joining us a little bit later this morning. Um, So I'm going to kick it off and say that my name is Megan Likes. I am the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. And I also own an accounting company, Likes Accounting Company, a full-service accounting firm where if you don't like those tasks related to accounting and bookkeeping, you can outsource those to me and my team. And I own a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company with my husband in Northern California. And I'm in full summer mode. So I feel like <laughs> I've been kind of the tax deadline passed and I'm in summer mode. So we're, we're easing back into real life here this morning after a long weekend at the beach. So bear with me. Um, but that's who I am. Megan Likes, excited to have you here with Fight Club. And Logan, if you wouldn't mind sharing just a quick bio about who you are and what you do. Sure. My name is Logan Schinholzer. I run a company called Contractor Growth Network. Uh, long story short, what we do is we help residential contractors save way more time and make way more money. And it's all done through, we have this sales and marketing system that effectively weeds out the people that want a champagne project on a beer budget. And then we also show you how to use your stuff online, your website, how to effectively sell to people from the comfort of your own home without having to drive out and waste time uh, doing estimates for people that were never going to be your customer anyway. Awesome. I love it. I love cool. it. Thanks so much. Welcome, Logan. I Thank am you. Michelle Myers, uh, co-owner of Pink Collars. And very similar to Megan, if you have customer care that you want to outsource, you can absolutely get, get in touch with us. We do calls and texts and email and chat and all of those things that might get you drug into the day-to-day. Um, here at Pink Collars, and we are so excited to have you, Logan. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm Martha Woodward. I am co-founder of Quality Driven Software, founder of Culture First, and I own a maid service in a neighboring state. So my whole mission is to help people build happier workplaces. So welcome to Fight Club. So exciting. Well, I'm a little out of sorts. Usually Tay kicks us off, but uh, we're going to go out of order here. And we always say that Tay has the hardest job because we we don't prepare very much for this podcast, not to like <laughs> go behind the curtains too much, but we like to kind of feed off of the energy of what Logan's sharing and how we're going to ask and what we're going to do. So um, it's hard to go first, but Tay, I got you. I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> Logan, 
I am the money person. I love to talk about money. I love to talk about finances. And I like to talk about it in a very peculiar way. I'm not very interested in gross revenue metrics, which I consider to be vanity metrics. I'm really interested in profitability metrics. And in just going through your website, I noticed a couple of things that resonated with me where I feel like we've really aligned in our theories around money. Because we, on the show, you'll notice we actually don't have a salesperson. We have a marketing, but we don't have sales. And we've noticed that that's maybe a shortcoming of our quad, our four dynamic, but we hit sales usually from a money perspective, a systems perspective, a marketing perspective. And we know that having really happy uh, employees is a sales system as well. So one of the things that really resonate, resonated with me when I was looking at the contractor growth network was you were talking about financial freedom. So I wanted to ask you what that means to you as my starter question for you. Um, and what does that mean for your clients? How are you helping them define and find financial freedom? So essentially in the world of sales, so I do, I'm, we're sales and marketing. Realistically, I'm sales first, marketing second. I like sales more. I'm more comfortable with sales. Um, but in the world of sales, there's a saying that's sell as if you're independently wealthy. And what that really means is that when you can go into a sales call or an estimate or whatever it is, kind of bordering confident and cocky, where it's like <laughs> you would love the work, but like, nah, you don't really need it. It is what it is. That's a place that when you're able to do that and walk in with that like swagger, if you will, that's when you're going to be at your best. So for me, when you can get to the point where you're able to essentially look at work and go, unless that's in my wheelhouse and what I want, I'm not going to take it on. But you need to be at a place financially where you're able to do that. Because I see a lot of um, contractors and construction you know, people in the trades take on work that they go, well, I got to keep my guys busy. Well, I got to do this just to make sure that, hey, Tay, um, just to make sure that you know we keep food on the table for the families and stuff. Um, so when you're able to get to a place where you're able to kind of cherry pick what work you want to do, that's when, in my mind, you're financially free and you can such you create your business and revolve it around exactly what you want. Um, I love so that. I have yeah. a follow-up thought of related to sales and marketing and being sales heavy is, you know, your marketing game can only be as strong as your sales game, right? So if you have a strong marketing game and you follow it up with a very <laughs> slow going sales game, then you're wasting money. And so that leads me to my next question, because I really resonated on your website when you said you don't necessarily need more leads. That's not necessarily what your business needs. Can you talk about that? Can you address that? Because I feel like in our industry specifically, and I'm in the window cleaning industry, we have these guys who are just hung. I need more leads. I need the phone to ring more. I need more because I need more money. And I have a feeling you're going to maybe spin that on its head a little bit for them. So talk <laughs> to us about that. So the way that I look at all this is most, especially right now, right? It's June 8th. We're coming out of COVID, but everybody that has a home wants work done. Everybody wants work done. And most people don't know what stuff costs, right? So I'd get on the phone with like, right now I'm interviewing people to come work here to fulfill a new role. And they'll say like, what are some of the issues that your clients have? And I'll say, well, let me ask you this. What do you think the average kitchen project costs? Because that's we work with a lot of remodelers and they'll say, uh, well, I actually just had it done. It was about 15 grand. I'm like, okay. Most of our clients start 
minimum at 40 grand. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I'm like, yep. So that's the issue is it's not that all these leads that are coming in are people that are actively wanting to waste your time and have you spend all day giving estimates to them. They just don't know. They, they like nobody grows up knowing what all this stuff costs. It's not like a car where it's shoved down our throats for our whole lives. So instead of saying, I need more leads, what that typically leads to is you just are wasting more time on people that maybe they'll be your customer, but it's so far down the road that it's not worth your time right now to deal with it. So what I love more is less about marketing and more about sales. Like you need leads, but instead of getting 15 leads in the door to close two, what if you got three leads in the door to close those same two and you got rid of the other 12? So that is really more of what we, you know, prescribe and, and talk about. And it kind of, and maybe this is something that like Martha and I talk about, because I know she's the people person, but this is literally what I dealt with back at Indeed, where it was, you know, everybody's saying, I need better applicants. I need better applicants. Well, the issue was that a lot of the business owners, because I worked with like much smaller business owners, they didn't know how to hire. They didn't have any systems set up where if you get a hundred applicants, you know how to very quickly and efficiently go through them to figure out, okay, out of a hundred applicants, only really 12 of them are good. And I really only want to interview maybe four, but they didn't know that. So they would just go to me and go, Logan, like these, these applicants suck. Like, and, and we go through, okay, well, how is your interview process? How are you handling it? Are you reaching out to all a hundred people? Like, that's crazy. So it's essentially the same system, but one is for hiring and one was for leads. And at the end of the day, leads don't matter. The only thing that really matters is making money. Okay. Awesome. Well, I really want to go through one more question, but I'm afraid I'm yeah. going to get Michelle grumpy at me because I don't want to step on her toes. No, she's giving me the look. Okay. But I'm curious, do you have a rubric for qualifying leads? Do you have something that you, do you have training or education? I, I feel like the underlying tone of what you're sharing with us is you're educating, you're educating your clients to educate their clients, right? But yep. is there a criteria for qualifying? Like what would be a good lead and what would be a bad lead? And how do you, how do you find them? Because who are they? What do they look like? Do we know their name? Um, I feel like you're using some like ideal client candidate or ideal client or avatar language with us, but is there something quick and easy that's a good takeaway that you could share with us for qualifying who we should be attracting? Because I think a lot of our listeners really have a hard time separating price and value. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we're able to separate price from value, then we can have a more like educated and engaging conversation about who our ideal candidates are. So with us, as far as like what counts as a qualified lead, the way that, I mean, we, it's a whole system that we call the EPP sales system. And what EPP stands for is emotion, process, and price. And the way that we make sure everybody knows that is it's a website that's set up that has this exact framework. That It's a very nerdy way of saying we walk customers through or prospects through the customer journey. Because the easiest way to figure out who your ideal customer is, is think of your favorite customer you've ever worked with ever. Not like who they might be, but literally name, give me the first and last name, why they liked you, why they hired you, because they're not the only person out there that's like that. You can essentially copy and paste that person. So what we do is we reverse engineer who that person is. And then all, all these websites that we build, they have this EPP, which 
goes through the emotion of why does somebody buy? They're not, they're not buying a kitchen because they want a new kitchen. They want to make memories with the family, right? They're not hiring you to come clean their house because they just love spending money on cleaning the house. They like it because they don't want to have to deal with it, but they love the feeling of coming home and everything looks amazing, right? So we go through the value first. Then we go through the process, which lays out, this is what it's going to look like to work with us. Because as a business owner, we didn't set up our company to have customers tell us how to run it. We do it to say, hey, look, if you want to work with us, this is how we operate. This is what people love about us. And that's our process. And last but not least, pricing. We always show pricing because once CarMax stepped up its game to say, this is what everything costs, the whole world of sales changed. So now it's all about transparency. It's all about being upfront because it's so much easier to get somebody to spend a lot of money on something if they don't feel like they're getting taken advantage of because people are not afraid to spend money. They're afraid of the embarrassment from getting quote unquote scammed. So by having upfront transparent pricing, just ballpark ranges, that will alleviate so much anxiety in prospects' minds. So we always say for a qualified lead, they have to know the why. They have to know your process and they have to know ballpark pricing of what it's going to cost to work with you. That's awesome. And Michelle is like, that was sweet. What system? What? But that was amazing. Um, And I'm going to pass you over to Michelle and she's going to ask you all about other systems that you've built. And Tay, we've put you at the end. So we didn't forget you. We didn't lose you. We're glad you're here and you're going last. And going first is hard for the record. Okay, I, I'm obsessed with this EPP thing. So I want to stay on that for a minute because I feel like yep. there's more, more to go. Um, I love the fact that you start with emotion. And I think that that has been really beneficial for the clients that you've served. So tell me about if you were a window cleaner or, I mean, you mentioned contractors, or if you were, you know, a, a house washer or a gutter cleaning company. Tell me how you would lean into the emotion of something like that on the exterior. Because most of your clients, I would assume, are interior, right? So let's talk about outside the house. Is there a different approach or is it all very similar? That's a great question. So we still do a lot of stuff with landscaping companies. It's a little bit different than maybe, you know, if you asked a bunch of people, hey, would you consider landscaping remodeling a sexier industry? It'd probably be, yeah, compared to (laughs) window washing. Like, you know, it just... No offense, but that's typically <laughs> like, you know, I don't know too many people who are super like today's the day I'm getting the windows washed. Like, so when it comes to those sorts of, of industries, there's still a lot of emotion behind it. It's a different emotion, but there's still a ton of it. So let's say for window washing, there could be an event coming up, right? We have, let's say, for example, we have a couple of painting companies that the main reason why somebody calls them up to get their uh, homes interior painted is because they just moved in. So there's an external event happening. And if we're able to effectively showcase, hey, look, you just moved into your dream house. You're excited to move in. But the issue is it's still, I don't know, wallpaper all over the place. And it feels like grandma's house. So it feels like you're moving into a home to create memories. However, it doesn't really feel like your own home. So what we're doing is we're creating a visual in these homeowners' eyes and minds to go, wow, that's, that's right. Like, cause nobody wants to move into grandma's house. They want to move into their own. So when it comes to window washing, right. Pressure washing, stuff like that, which might feel just more like a utility service. Those are very big when it comes to status, right? 
Nobody wants to have the dirtiest house in the neighborhood. (laughs) Nobody wants to have everybody come over for Thanksgiving and not really be able to see outside the windows because there's streaks all up and down it. So there's always an emotion attached to it. The contractors that and, and the service providers that stay surface level with those conversations to say, hey, we will wash your windows better than everybody else, then it's a commodity. It's just a game, a race to the bottom. But if you're able to say, look, we understand the true why behind why you're getting your windows cleaned, and they speak to that, now the homeowner knows, okay, they really have my best interest at heart. They're going to make sure that when everybody comes over for this you know, 4th of July party coming up in a month, it's going to look incredible. And if you lead with that, people will understand you get it and they'll be way more likely to hire you. I love that. Okay. And then one other thing about process. I'm assuming, and maybe I'm wrong, so please correct me. On the websites that you build for people, you lay out the process that the customer, the homeowner could expect, right? Um, So when you go through that, I call it deprogramming of business owners, right? You kind of have to pull that information out of them, I'm assuming, right? You have to get all of that, those data points. Um, when they write all that stuff down, do you find that there's sort of a, oh, I don't really have a process for this. Do you find that a lot of business owners get stuck and go, oh, I've never really solved for that. And now I got to think about it. Have you come across that in your dealing with, you know, with a, businesses? Because I I think that they probably have a hard time putting it out of their brain and onto a platform. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) a great question. So there's a lot of people, I would say probably most people know, because like when we have a process, we we ask them, we say, Hey, look, when you're done with the project, do you follow up like three days later, just to touch base? And they go, no, but I know I should. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, if we get this up there on the site, it's now going to force you to do it. Yeah. But you know, you're going to be doing the thing that you know you should be doing. Do you want us to put that on there? And they all go, yeah, go ahead. And then what that now does is that essentially their identity is now wrapped into this company that provides amazing customer service. And now they're forced to do it, but because they're quote unquote forced to do it, they will get so many more referrals because they followed up. So it's really an identity shift. But as far as the actual process, a lot of people just say, Logan, like, what do you think? Like, what makes sense? And that's what we started to find was the more options you give people, the more that they, it creates this paralysis by analysis. They don't really know their (laughs) process. So I'll show them somebody else's process and say, Hey, look, this person kills it. Everybody loves them. Yeah. 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 What are your thoughts? And they go, that's exactly what I want to do. I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to work. And they go, yep, I'm in. So everybody has a process, whether they recognize it or not. A lot of times it's stuck inside your head, but it's easy when you can say, this is how somebody else does it. And they go, great. I'm going to follow that because I know that that works. Why would I try to reinvent the wheel and do my own thing? So it's a little bit of both. I love it. It just feels like you're creating a system in which the customer or homeowner can interact with the business online, and then they can really understand what's going to happen with them throughout that journey. So I love that. I'm obsessed. So thank you. Thank you. I'm going to turn you over to Martha, who's going to talk about people, which are the massively important component to all of this, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So uh, before we went live, you touched on the fact that you worked for Indeed a number of years. And we talked about, I mean, I saw a post yesterday where, you know, a person is just ready to throw in the towel on a business that she's had for years, 
I don't know the number of years, but it's all because of this hiring crisis that we're in. Um, and in even if you figure out the hiring game, it's a tough it's a tough system right now. You know, um, we won't sugarcoat it, but there are things you can do for sure. And so I'm going to have you talk about the Indeed process. And because I know like 95% of our listeners use Indeed. Um, but before you do, I want to carry on that emotion part and uh, see if you agree. I like really preach when you're putting an ad out there that you are leading with emotion on that ad because I think it really helps if that applicant can visualize working at your company and kind of the emotions behind it and why it would feel good to work at your company. So you've seen the best and the worst on Indeed. So fill us in, Logan, on what not to do and what to do. I love it. So the the biggest thing when it comes to hiring that I find a lot of people do is they don't actually commit to hiring somebody. What they do is they say, well, I put an ad out on Indeed and on Craigslist and I got a bunch of crap. There just is a bad pool. There's nobody good out there. And I'm like, okay, did you go back and rework the job description? No. Okay. Well, did you go back and, and maybe post again? No. Like, so you tried one time and it didn't work. So now you're just saying it's a bad pool. Like this is no different than when it comes to the marketing side. Like, well, yeah, you know, I've got a website and I'm getting a bunch of crap leads. So that must mean that all people are, are not good prospects. And it's like, hold on, you need to essentially sell your company to, you know, a future employee to say, hey, look, when you work here, like this is what we stand for. This is how our company is not only going to serve your mission as a person, but how you're going to help our mission as a company. And a lot of people don't do that. Right. They look at, and I see this all the time on forums where it's like, yeah, I was going to hire somebody, but I don't want to babysit somebody. I'm like, hold on. You really think that your role as a leader of the company is to babysit? Like, who would want to work for somebody where they're viewed as a child that's getting, you know, that need to get babysat? Like, you're doing it to yourself. So when it comes to the emotion, I work with all millennials and Gen Z, right? I'm a millennial. Everybody complains about millennials. Now everybody's complaining about Gen Z. Facebook's not having an issue. Google's not having an issue. All these companies where it's amazing to work at and you're proud to say, I work there, are not having issues hiring millennials. Who's having issues are the people saying, I need you to work from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., six days a week and holidays and be able to work outside in a, you know, 50, I'm sorry, like 100 degree weather carrying 50 pounds over your head for $9 an hour. That is who is not winning because Facebook is stepping in and saying, Hey, look, we'll take all the A players. Hell, we'll even take some of the B players. We're going to leave you with the C players. And then you, as a business owner, get mad when you can't find the A players because you're not making your company attractive. And people, they're not leaving your company to go work for somebody else for a dollar an hour more. They're leaving because people don't quit companies, they quit their manager. And there's Mm -hmm. improper leadership going on. That's why there's attrition. I agree. I mean, yeah, we're right online. Um, I, 
I teach a course and in that course, I think it's the second session, we talk about the bad manager questionnaire, you know, are you a bad manager? And there's a list of like 12 things. Do you do this? You know? Um, So I absolutely agree. And you bring up a good point. Like, I guess I've never asked somebody when they say my ad's not working, I'm not getting anybody. Um, I, I know to rework my ad and I know to make sure that I'm refreshing all the time and doing that. But uh, I guess I never really challenge other people. Are you doing these things or are you throwing the towel in and giving up? But um, yeah, that's great. And I, earlier you talked about the funnel and just as there's a lead to close funnel for in sales, there's a lead to close funnel in applicant to hire. And uh, the more automated and the more, well, the more systemized it is, the better people will do. But those are all great, great tips. And well, I was about to do a takeaway, but that'll be homework. Do, Do you mind if I share my just hiring process real quick? No, not at all. Okay. So here's how I do it. I do it all through Indeed. So if you're going to work here at CGN, we are a very video-based company, meaning you're going to be on camera here and you're going to have to get used to being on camera here. So as part of our interview process, I put out an ad on Indeed. And then when somebody, you know, we have a bunch of applicants come back in and instead of me sifting through every single one, I have, and Indeed, you can do this very easy. It's a templated response that just says, Hey, fill in the first name. Thank you so much for applying. As part of this uh, process, we actually uh, have a video portion of it. And what I've done is I then put in a link that I just recorded a quick 60 second. Hey, this is Logan Schinholzer. Uh, Thank you so much for applying. I have four questions for you to uh, record a video of yourself and please send back to me. Here are the four questions. And right now we're hiring an email marketing person. So it's one. Are you available to work in office in Charlotte? This is not a remote position. Yes or no. Two, what's your desired compensation? Three, what makes you, you? And four, what's your favorite aspect of email marketing and why? And typically out of, let's say 50 people I send that out to, 10 will respond. And of those 10, three will have good answers. And of those three, I'll hire one. So I'm not spending my time with everybody, but that takes me 60 seconds to record a video two minutes to create a template to send out. And then it's just really quick, like click, send, click, send. Mm -hmm. And that's how that process works. So I'm only spending my time interviewing three people, not 50. That's awesome. There's There's a software that I'm fairly new to, but I love it. And I've not used it yet for recruiting, but you might look at it. It's called Video Ask. And it's a cool program where you can have people reply by video, et cetera. And you can send them through a video funnel, depending on their answers and so forth. Oh, wow. So just FYI, I learned about it in a membership that um, Megan and I are in. And it, it, I remember kind of being like, yeah, I'll look at it later. And then 
a month or two went by and I'm like, oh my gosh. I love this thing. So uh, yeah, listeners, Logan, you might want to check out that video ask because um, you can embed it and all kinds of things. So that's cool. super cool. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. All right, Tay. Awesome. Well, I feel like everyone's touched on marketing, like little pieces like here and there. Um, sounds like we've talked about, you know, funnels through lead funnels. We've talked about um, qualifying those leads. We've talked about just the emotion attached to clients coming to look for a company. Um, so a lot of my questions that I was coming up with throughout all this ended up getting answered. But I guess what I want to ask you, Logan, is... In your opinion, once your clients do have all these systems set up, do they have a different view towards marketing? Do they have a different emotion attached to it as a business owner, knowing that they have a very qualified system in place to be able to get those leads and not have that, almost like that panic and worry of, oh my God, I'm spending XYZ amount of dollars every month on marketing and I don't even know what that return is. Yeah, that's a great question. So the answer is yes, because what you start to realize is business is mindset and math. That's all it is. So when you go down, you know, the mindset stuff, which it's a whole other four-hour conversation, but the math aspect of it is a lot of people, they get leads from, let's say, Google. They go, yeah, I'm getting all these Google leads. And I go, okay, what are you doing to get those leads in Google? Well, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. So if Google all of a sudden decided to change up what they're doing in their algorithm or whatever it is, and that stops, do you know how to replicate that maybe with the new update or maybe Google goes away? Do you know how to take what's working and apply it to something else? Well, no. And I'm like, okay. So essentially what, what happens is, is you have leading and lagging metrics. Long story short, you have the things that you're able to control. You can control if you're posting on social media. You can control if you're sending out an email to your customer list. You can control if you're putting in a yard sign at somebody's house while you're working. So those are all the things that you start to understand that, let's say you canvas a neighborhood, right? And you put up a, a flyer at a hundred doors and you start to do enough of this that you realize that you have a 5% hit rate. And that means that five people are going to call you from every 100. So if you now put out 200, now it's 10. You put out 400, you know, so like it's just a math equation. So once you get all this stuff set up and you actually get enough at bats, and that's what most people I think fail to do is they say, well, I put up two Facebook posts and I didn't get any leads. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess because you put up two posts, nobody knows who you are. You and your spouse saw the, the post and that's it. So like, I don't know what you expected. So you need enough uh, at bats to start to understand this stuff. But once you do and you figure out, you know, you have the system set up and you know what works, it just now becomes a scale up, scale down thing of how many flyers, how many posts, how many calls, how many emails. And it makes it, it takes all the emotion out of it. And you know, I have the answers to the test. I just got to now do it. Exactly. Now you're hitting quotas. You know, you're taking that. Like, you're removing that emotion and you're saying, okay, we have those hundred yard signs we have to get out. We have the, you know, hundred Facebook posts that we need to do in our first quarter or whatever you end up doing for your company. And it's now it's checking in on smaller metrics. So you can actually take that as, you know, whoever's running the marketing within your company to our listeners and say, 
I'll just break down Facebook posts for an example. If you have a quota of 100 Facebook posts per month, per quarter that you're wanting to get out there, you can now, uh, you know, delegate a word we like to use all the time on the show, delegate that task to someone within your office that you can say, here's your requirement. You have a hundred to do. I want to know your schedule and I want to see what they look like prior to sending them out. So a little bit of an approval process. Great ways to do that are through Trello. Um, We use that on a social calendar. Personally, you have approval processes with green, yellows, and reds. So that way they know whether or not they have an approved post that they can go ahead and move forward with. Um, And if you don't want to have that type of approval, then you just, and you have that full trust in that said employee, then you're just checking in on those quotas each week. You know, we had three posts that needed to go out this week. Where are they? How'd they do? Let's take a look at the times. Maybe a morning post isn't working for whatever reason in the first quarter. Let's adjust to an afternoon. So now you're able to make those minor adjustments because you already have those said larger quotas in place, which makes that task so much easier on the employee. Yeah, I, I love it. That's the stuff that we really harp on. Track that. Yes, you should know the leads and stuff, but like track the the little micro actions that you take because that's actually what leads to the big wins. It's not, you know, just seeing what Google's doing. It's actually you controlling the stuff that you do. Track that. Then you'll start to get enough numbers to figure out what's working and what's not. And you can actually make a smart business entrepreneurial decision, not an emotional gut reaction of two posts didn't work. Let's get off Facebook. Absolutely. Exactly. I can't agree more with that. So I have one other follow-up question and that would be for anyone who, cause we did talk again, a lot about marketing pieces throughout the show. So if someone is listening right now and saying, okay, they've talked about lead funnels, they've talked about qualifying leads, they've talked about social posts, they've talked about emotion, where do I even begin? In your marketing brain, where do you believe someone should at least start today to be able to progress that forward? Great question. First thing to do is think of your favorite customer of all time. That is who we want to go after more. We want to copy and paste them. A lot of people try to spread so wide as far as what their capabilities are. Let's say you're cleaning, right? If you're a cleaning company, cleaning my two-bedroom apartment is very different than cleaning a commercial office building, like the system set up for that. So instead of trying to cater to everybody with a pulse, figure out who your ideal customer is because there's a very good chance that if the system is set up right and the business is set up in the right way, you're not going to have massive spreads. You're not going to try to sell a Toyota next to a Ferrari because those are two separate buyers. So identify your ideal client and just write down a few basic things. How old are they? How did they find you? What did they like about you? Right. And then the last but not least, the most important one, why did they hire you at that point? And that is probably the toughest question to ask, but it's the most important one. What is the straw that broke the camel's back that they said, okay, I'm calling you up on June 8th, 2021? Because if you can figure out what that catalyst is, that starter is, that is when you'll be able to replicate that and you'll blow up in a good way. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Logan. I appreciate it. I'll go ahead. I think we'll go ahead and start homework. 
So, um, Logan, you're totally welcome to give homework. Um, we do like to go around and everyone's going to give out a piece of homework. Um, please keep note that you have a accountability group that we have on Facebook that you can jump into. That's where we do post the homework, but we do only want you to pick one that's really trying in your business right now. Something that can move that needle forward and be able for you to progress by next week. So for marketing homework, I'm going to kind of continue with what Logan was just talking about. And I want you to work on a customer avatar sheet. I do have one that we can go ahead and throw in the group. And um, there's also great ones online for free that you can grab if you don't um, have one at the moment. But knowing that customer avatar of your most valued customer, who's your favorite, is going to impact your business tremendously. So that's your marketing homework for today. And I'll go ahead and pass it off to Megan for finances. Rude. That was my homework. And you were supposed to go last, not first. I oh, go. Man, ruiner. Okay. I'm so glad you're here. Take no, just kidding. Um, all right. I love that homework. I'm gonna double down on that homework. So I want you to not only complete the avatar about the feelings. So Logan put some really good questions and I dropped those in the comments. How old are they? How did they find you? Why do they like working with you? Why did they hire you at that particular point? Like those are great questions. Um, I'm sure Tay's worksheet is going to talk about like, where do they hang out? What blogs do they like? What, what are their social media preferences? It's going to talk about, you know, how much income do they make and what does their house look like and things like that? What neighborhood do they live in? It's going to ask you really good questions. So I guess because I'm the money person and not the marketing person, even though I've been moonlighting for weeks <laughs> as a marketing person, I'm going to throw in, I'm going to throw in there. What is the value of them to you? And I want you to think about it more than the ticket right? So more than how much are that is that ticket bringing in? And if you're in home service, which is a little bit different than contracting, you know, there's probably some recurring components there, right? So what's the lifetime value of that customer to you? But I'm going to take it one step further. And I want you to think about how many referrals have they brought in? And what were those ticket sizes? What's that ripple effect, right? And it's going to be really hard math. So you're not going to get it right. And I don't want you to do, what did you say, Logan? You said paralysis by analysis. I don't want <laughs> us to get paralyzed here. Do not get stuck in the math. Although I think my favorite quote of the week so far was that Logan said, business is just mindset and math. And it's so true. You can just plug okay. these numbers into the system and you can get a result out. But I want you to think about what's the value of that customer to you. I want you to try and put a dollar amount on it because that's going to help you educate yourself when you are attracting qualified leads. It's going to be more expensive, but you're going to get more dollars out of it and you're going to save a ton of time. So I'm going to add on to Tay's for her avatar homework that you put a dollar amount on that avatar. And we are not like dehumanizing our favorite clients, but I think it helps when I have a list of my top 10 customers and I know how much money they're bringing in. And I know that I will drop anything any day for those top 10 customers. And that really helps my mindset around my relationship with those clients. So that's your money homework this week. Awesome. And systems homework. I'm going to lean into you guys again. I'm going to follow your lead because I think that your website is your biggest storefront, right? It's for your business. It is the most important thing that you can do. And a lot of people don't have their process laid out so that their customers can really see what that process is. And so I'm going to actually ask everybody to go to Logan's website. He's got a ton of cool websites that he's built there. 
that are incredible displays and sort of exhibits of what you can see and what you can do. And I want everybody to go and see if they can write down their process for their customers to see this week. So that's a system that probably not a lot of people have thought about. And I want everybody to lean into that this week, because if you can lay that out for your customer, um, that's really super helpful. We're doing it here at Pink Collars, so I'm cheating a little bit because I'm going to do my own homework. So that's something we're doing right now. So I love that. So do that for homework. Thanks so much. Well, I may be doing my own homework too. Uh, people homework. So I want you to revisit your ad or ads. Hopefully you're running multiple and you're going to look at them on what emotions is your recruiting ad invoking? So is it the emotion of, oh, I'm going to be home with my family more or, you know, oh, it's not a backstabbing environment, whatever type of feeling that you're trying to portray. And if you don't really know what emotion you should be invoking, Go to your current employees and say, you know, ask, what are your favorite things about working here? What attracted you to this job? Um, and so look at your ad and then also go look at your recruiting page on your website. Make sure that they're both having the same kind of mes message and you're leading with emotion. Because it is a very big emotional commitment to change jobs. So that's your homework. And let's see, Logan, do you want to add any homework or say, nah? And while Logan's adding and thinking real quick, I'm just going to remind our listeners, we don't want you to do all of these. No paralysis by analysis. We want you to do just one. And if you want extra credit and you finish the one, you can go back and do a second. But just choose the one that spoke to you most this week. I know Tay said that, but it's important to reiterate the difference between this podcast and other podcasts. We want you to actually like, not just learn and get inspired, but do go do. So do one. Okay. Sorry. Off my soapbox, Logan, your turn. It's all good. Um, so my biggest thing I would say is just the whole why behind what you're doing. Like, why are you running this business? So that would be mine is spend five minutes, grab a cup of coffee this weekend and just not your phone, not a laptop, paper and pen. Don't pick your pen up and just write for five straight minutes. Why do you do what you do? Because you'll be surprised. You'll start off by saying, I'm doing it to support my family. And by the end of it, you have a whole different purpose. And when you can recognize that purpose over and over and over, it makes marketing, hiring, setting up systems, making sure the financial piece is all right. It makes all that stuff flow and make it much easier to actually want to do, not just feel like it's a chore. So five minutes, what's your why behind the business? Don't pick your uh, pen up until it's been five minutes. Love that. Awesome. And our quote for the week, Logan, we always end with a quote. Um, and I think it was pretty appropriate for today because today was asking a lot of questions of all of our systems, all of our people, the finances, the marketing, you really delve, delve deep into asking questions for people. So I think it was pretty appropriate. And it is from Anthony Robbins. And it is successful people ask better questions 
And as a result, they get better answers. So just keep asking good questions, not only of yourself, but of your team and of your people and your customers. Have a great week out there, everybody. And thank you so much for joining us on Fight Club. Thank you so much, Logan. And congratulations thank on the you. Uh, engagement. Thank Personal you. Personal stuff thank you at very the end much. here. Congratulations. And everybody have a great week and keep fighting. Thanks so much. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Logan, where can we find you if we want to get more information? Can oh, you- if you go to our, uh, yeah. our website, it's contractorgrowthnetwork.com. Um, if you go there, our ads will just follow you around on the internet until the end of time. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. And uh, we look Perfect. forward to seeing everybody back live next week, Tuesday, 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. Yep. Bye. Thanks Thank so much, Logan. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Okay. Go fight. Yeah. Okay. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.